This is Camp Hacker. Come find our show notes and our blog for camp directors and leaders at camphacker.tv. Good day and welcome to our podcast. This is Camp Hacker, episode 75, recorded on the 22nd of October, 2014. On today's show, professional development for camp pros. If you would like easy, automatic free updates of our podcast, you can subscribe in iTunes or use the free Stitcher app. This week's Camp Hacker podcast is sponsored in part by Camp Pros Like You, who support the show on Patreon. If you've got even one good idea from the Camp Hacker podcast, you could show your support for the show for as little as $1 per episode. We've got some great rewards too, just like a Kickstarter campaign. Please go to patreon.com forward slash camphacker. And by the Camp Owners and Directors Association. You provide quality experiences for children, helping them grow and gain independence. We help you achieve your vision. Check us out at campownersanddirectors.com. And by Camp Easy. To save on your listing in a camp directory that parents love, use the code CAMPHACKER for 70% off the price of a full camp registration. We hope you enjoy the Camp Hacker Show. Hello, Camp Pros, and welcome to the Camp Hacker Podcast. My name is Travis Allison. I run a podcast network and a blog where we talk about being a summer camp professional at camphacker.tv. Hi, my name is Dan Weir. I'm the Director of Camping Services at Frost Valley YMCA. Frost Valley is a year-round camp conference education facility in the Catskill Mountains of New York, and this was my 18th summer this past summer working at camp. And my name is Joe Richards. I'm the executive director at Pierce Williams Christian Center. We're a summer camp and education facility. Um, we are located in Fingal, Ontario, just sort of halfway between Detroit and Toronto. And I do stuff. <laughs> and I'm Angie Atkinson. I'm the camp director at Camp Lantern Creek in Montgomery, Texas. And we are a creative leadership summer camp for girls. And I do lots of cool stuff as well. <laughs> Angie, it's great to have you back on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. That's awesome. So this discussion that we are having today, um, you know what, before we get into the discussion, I, I, I do want to not just gloss over the fact that Angie's joining us. She's been with us once before when we talked about program. But Angie, for those who don't know, can you tell us a little, about, a little bit more about Camp Lantern Creek? Absolutely. So we are a three-year-old summer camp, and um, we were started by our owner who always wanted to um, create a unique and fun environment for girls. So what we do is um, we run camp for about six weeks right now, and we focus on creative leadership. So we do a lot of visual and performing arts programming. Um, and we've combined that with the traditional summer camp. We still have archery, canoeing, all the outdoor fun activities. Um, and we focus on um, empowering girls by talking about what creativity is and how it, you can take it and use it in any part of your life and that it's not just being an artist or a musician um, and really focus on how you can use that in your leadership style um, we do a four-year leadership program once our girls are in high school, yep. um, and we're we actually just rewrote our program and are improving it um, this next year, which I'm very excited about. And um, so it's it's a lot of fun. It's um, exciting, and 
a little scary to have been working with this camp from the ground up. Yep. Um, we've been able to create a lot of traditions and um, camp is constantly and always changing. So it's, right it's a great experience. Yeah, that's cool. What a great, great thing to be in it from the very beginning. So we had, um, we've, I've been thinking about a topic for the show and I ask on, um, on camp pros, what people do for their own professional development. So I want to really focus on professional development today. Um, we've talked on different, about different aspects of this at different times in the shows. And so we thought we'd just break this down, especially wanted to focus on things that aren't, um, Hey, what's the camp next to us doing? What, what expands, what, what can we do to expand our own education beyond that? Um, and I think that there are a lot more opportunities in the last four or five years than there were seven years ago when I was directing. And um, so I just wanted to try to pick up on some of those things. I know, Joe, that um, you've talked a lot about stuff like um, the, the other camp conference that you are on the committee of. Um, what sort of things do you do beyond, beyond traditional professional development? Well, I think beyond traditional professional development, it's um, what really opened my eyes was I did a last year I had the opportunity to do a three month sabbatical away from my job, a paid sabbatical. And that opened my eyes. I did a trip to Australia and that trip, I visited 13 different summer camps and education facilities. And it made me realize that some of my education budget might be better spent not going to a hotel in Toronto or a you know, a hotel in New York City, but it, it might be better spent spending, you know, a week traveling to two or three camps and, and actually taking tours and, and visiting camp directors. I find that my education is, is about new ideas and what we bring back. And so um, I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of uh, website stuff. Um, I try to expand where I go for for training as opposed to just go to the traditional places. So if I've always gone to the Ontario Camping Association, you know, annual conference and that's and that's the only place I go, then how do I know what is what else is out there? So um this year I'm uh in a few weeks we're gonna do Think Camp here at Pierce Williams, where um I'm off to I just in September I was in New York City for a fundraising workshop, um, which was different because there were no other camp people. It was sort of a totally away from camp. Mm -hmm. um, I'm off to the Na ACA National in um, in February to do a a talk with their Epic, the Emerging Professionals in Camping group, just before the conference, and then yep. I'll stay in New Orleans for the conference, and then I also then the Buckeye Leadership Workshop, which isn't a camping conference per se. There's, yep. there's lots of 4-H kids and lots of, there's lots of camp people. There's camp directors from, you know, from Michigan and from Ontario and from Ohio and from Florida at that conference. But the, the mix is something that you don't see at other conferences. So I just try to, to expand what I do and find other opportunities that, that can bring new ideas. This, this, this comes from the base that if we only read what's in our field, then we don't, no, we don't make the connections from outside of our field. Um, I, when I do a, there's a talk I give and I talk about the fact that years ago when I've stopped subscribing to the two magazines only because I don't need to, what happens is Rolling Stone arrives and at the same day, Discover Magazine arrives. 
And Discover is a very different magazine than Rolling Stone, two very different industries, two very different things, neither related to summer camp. But by reading both of those, you can take – it just – it brings ideas back in that simply you can make connections within your own job that, that you wouldn't see if you didn't read, if you weren't wide – if you weren't widely read. And, and it goes to the – you know, one of my favorite quotes is, the larger the island of knowledge, the longer the shoreline of wonder. So it's it's – it's one of those things where I just, the more I know, the more I want to know. And it's not just about camping. It's about how camping fits into the world. And if we don't, and, and that's where my, my education sort of focuses on is, is trying to figure out how we fit into the world and, and how we can make a better fit. Right. It's awesome. Angie, where do you go for your professional development? Um, I go to quite a few different um, websites on a regular basis. I really like, um, I think a lot of camp pros like TED Talks. And um, um, I know I'm a huge fan of Simon Sinek's leadership um, page. And one of my favorite um, offbeat kind of things is Soul Pancake, which is a, a I don't know, a video and blog um website that was started by Rain Wilson and it's the home of kid president. And I have used those, um, videos and ideas. There's so many great, um, well, they'll do like funny things with people off the street that are improv and, um, they'll get people talking to each other. And, um, I like to use a lot of those ideas within my staff training. Um, and I, I showed a lot of those videos this past summer and, um, ended up with some really great feedback from my staff. They found out that um, they were able to connect back to their life um, a lot more, as Joe is saying, and as camping professionals and what we're teaching is critical thinking to our campers and to our staff. It's definitely important for us to be able to have those same skills and practice those same skills. Um, so it's, I, I love, um, I also love improv everywhere. Um, it's a great, (laughs) great, um, place for ideas. And, um, I find that that just helps me get out of the camp bubble and, um, get my creative thinking flowing. Um, I also, um, really like, uh, a blog called positively positive and I've, um, found quite a few leadership, uh, articles on there and sometimes they're not even necessarily leadership articles. It's just something that I feel like really applies to my own life. And, um, I'm then able to apply to how I am a leader and, um, take that into how I lead at camp. Um, so there's, um, quite a few ones that I've read about the power of vulnerability and, um, Bren Brown has, quite a few articles about that. And, um, I really take those to heart when it comes. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, and Dan, for you, what's your sources? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, like Joe was talking about, I really look outside the field, um, uh, to, for inspiration and, um, I also, I, Angie, I love Soul Pancake as well too. I think yeah. it's uh, it's one of those ones that just has very thoughtful questions, and, and what we do with children and staff is kind of bring that out. And I think that's the attraction of camp as well. Um, 
the the it's fine. The YMCA actually has a very strong network of professional development sessions that are, are kind of internal. Um, everything with uh, from volunteerism to um, to fiscal management and learning how to build a budget. Uh, so that's been a, a kind of a nice uh, base to play off of. But really, what I'm looking for outside of it, I look to podcasts. Um, you know, and I, I think the unique thing about um, being a camp director, being in the camp industry is that it requires a very wide skill set. You know, it's one of those jobs where um, just when you master something, um, you need to figure out how to do something else, you know, and, um, and those skill sets that necessarily don't align um, as well. Um, So I've been listening actually to a lot of uh, business podcasts lately. So like the Harvard business review podcast I've been listening to Um, uh, there's uh, the hundred dollar MBA I've been listening to. I'm just thinking about how to, um, how to uh, make Frost Valley more sustainable and, and to keep, keep income coming in, um, in that sense. And that was definitely something with a youth development masters and a psych, um, undergrad degree never had those discussions. So it's, I'm constantly looking for the things that I'm weak on for lack of better words in the skill set. Um, I, I, I go to books a lot. I I think if you look at the tools of the week that I recommended, a majority of them are books. Um, you know, I really uh, believe in, um, in picking the the bits of wisdom out of them and, and figuring figuring out what applies to you. Um, uh, with conferences, I, I really do enjoy them. But I actually find the benefit of a conference um, is is listening to a great speaker and then um, getting their contact information and contacting them afterwards. Uh, I, uh, for instance, um, I met uh, the keynote at the 2012 um, National ACA Conference um, after he spoke, and I, I asked him if I could get a cup of coffee with him and just pick his brain. And we ended up going out to dinner, and um, I, over on top of eating smoked steak, which was phenomenal, ended up hanging out with him and uh, a few other camp professionals that are well respected, and just had literally the best conversation ever in terms of I was writing down the whole thing. Um, I still have the notepad, and it's like covered in barbecue grease, but. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, having that moment um, with a speaker, um, uh, because they they need they need you as much as you need them. They need to know what's going on in the industry. Yep. Um, I think that is the, the the one of the best things about going to a conference is making a connection with somebody that has an idea that you want to bring to your camp. Um, Writing has been a good source as well, too. You know, um, when you're forced to write something, you have to do some research. I think that is a pretty powerful um, thing for kind of being a platform for you to, to go out there and, and get get things. And, um, you know, some of my staff right now, they're, they're just doing research on homesickness and um, and how the work, how we work with ADHD. And just it just picking a topic that has been the issue at your camp and just fully just going diving into research, I, I really find – um, is beneficial. Uh, outside of that, you know, I really look, um, to education, um, as, uh, an indicator of where to go and not to be reactive to. So, you know, in the States, um, there's this tremendous push over the past decade with testing. Um, you know, kids are being tested all the time and parents of kids, um, are feeling that stress way more than they were a decade ago of, of, um, that's why I think camp is so successful because, um, we can provide what they're not getting during the school year. And, uh, I think you have to look at that as something, um, to kind of be reactive to, to, to figure out how to work in the language into your camp program and, uh, for you to become well-versed on it as well. 
Um, so you could speak to families and, and sympathize with them and have that empathy. Um, I think all of that makes a huge difference. But those are really where I draw my um, inspirations from. Outside of that, it's just uh, having a good list of contacts that I could go bounce ideas off right. of. Um, you know, And uh, the Summer Camp Pros Group is definitely that for someone that doesn't have a, a contact. Um, uh, but uh, you know, really having a, a few people that you could just – lay out an idea with on the table and, um, and find out if you're crazy for thinking this is wrong, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, those are all things that, uh, I, I've led to my, my professional development. Um, I really believe people need a mentor as well. Yep. Um, you know, and, and that, um, a lot of people, especially in our industry want to be mentors. So. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I was thinking about how my educa- personal education, uh, has developed as, um, as we've been developing Camp Hacker, um, certainly been things that echo what everybody has said. Um, I like to look as outside of the industry as I can for inspiration. Um, I think that, um, I learn from photography stuff all the time, which really helps me become a better storyteller which I think is something that we lack. We have a, a gut feeling for the benefits of what we offer at camp, but that we as an industry generally lack the ability to explain what we do really well. So I, I look to stuff like photography and, and <clears throat> movie making as a, an inspiration way to learn that kind of thing. And I think one of the biggest things for me, um, <clears throat> excuse me, is, um, is masterminds. And it's like Dan having a mentor for me getting together with a group of people who share um, a focus on the industry. And I belong to two active masterminds and I run masterminds for camp directors as well. But the, the two I belong to as a member, one is a group of, of camp consultants who get together a couple times a month and just share ideas. And it's an amazing opportunity to ask questions. And I love the idea of the mastermind because everybody comes into it so open. We're a pretty open industry anyway for sharing ideas, but everybody comes into it so open and just lays everything out on the table and, and um, helps each other build their businesses. And that's what I see happen within the masterminds that I run for camps is that everybody's focused on helping each other person build their camp business. Um, so if there's one camp professionals and I run another, I am part of another one that um, is for people who build businesses online and it's kind of cool because it's not about camp um, and people really don't get um, what I do. Um, but they understand producing media stuff. They understand working for clients as a consultant, et cetera. So I get lots of neat stuff from them. So, um, Dan, I want to, I want to pick up on one of the things that you said about, about having a mentor. How did you get a mentor? Uh, you know, lucky for me, um, I've, I've been working for professionals that, um, over the past, over my, um, my time that really, came up the chain for lack of better words. And, uh, that is one of the nice things about nonprofit camping. Um, you know, people do bounce around a fair bit. So, um, that has really helped me uh, identify mentors. So, um, yeah. And I, I feel like I have mentors for different things. I don't go to the same mentor for everything I need. You know, um, I also don't want to exhaust that mentor, you know, that sense. But, um, uh, yeah, I feel I have, you know, three that I regularly go to, um, uh, with when I have uh, questions and ideas, so right. Um, it, it, Joe, do you have people that you go to that you would consider a mentor? Oh, that's a great question. 
there's no one, and I've often thought about that. There's no one that I sort of go to on a regular basis and consider a mentor, and and um, <clears throat> and it's something I've I've thought about even this far into my camping career that to find someone. There are people I can talk to if I need to talk to. Um, I think in my life it's been very. Um, I have a brother who was a camp director, and so as siblings, when you if you're lucky enough to have a sibling who does exactly what you do or did exactly what you do, you can talk a lot about um, those things with your with your sibling, which is like a mentor, but it's not a mentor. Um, so the answer is I don't. Yeah, I don't have anyone that I can go to per se. But it's something that I I would believe in, and I would miss. I do miss because I don't know. I don't know what how I don't know how much better I could do things if I did have a mentor, right? Right, right. You don't know, just don't know. Well, and so you're at a at a point where it's like being a teacher. If you offered to mentor somebody or or someone asked you to mentor them, then you would be learning a lot of the stuff on your own at this point in your career. Like teaching would be learning yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and I've always gone with that is that when I um, when I talk with other camp directors and people from and, and, and just other people in general, it's a lot about getting getting information from them. And, and when you're teaching people, you know, that's one of the great things I love about doing the Buckeye Leadership Workshop every year is I, I sit on the committee and when you're on the committee, you have to present at the conference. And it's not a, a 45-minute session. It's not a 10-minute session. It's an eight hours. It's eight hours of instruction. And so I always feel that by doing Buckeye, I learn so much, even though I'm I'm leading the session, right? Because in eight hours of instruction, there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that we can all learn. Right. Yep. Angie, do you feel like you have a mentor in the industry? Yes, I um, um, my our owner is definitely one of my main mentors, um, in that she. Um, is continually pushing me to grow and, um, try new things and, um, find out, find information on leadership and whatnot. Um, but I definitely think that, uh, it was an area that I've struggled in. I've worked for several different organizations and trying to maintain relationships and contacts. And, um, it wasn't until I settled here that, um, I was able to learn from, some other camping professionals that the power of networking at conferences. And so not just using conferences for um, the seminars and all the information there, but really putting yourself out there through conferences and also through the summer camp pros group of asking questions and um, just, you know, calling somebody up or emailing them when you have a question. I know I've, I've emailed Travis before I've emailed with, um, Ruby, Ruby and Beth before and everybody's so open and willing to help that I think getting to the point where you can find that mentor is definitely um, something that can be hard to navigate for a young professional and um, and I remember the first conference that I went to I was so excited and I, I wanted to tell everybody about what my camp was doing and um, then I realized that it was more of a time to step back and um, I had this amazing um, group of people in front of me that if I just I could walk up to anybody and start a conversation and it was more important to ask them 
about their camp and what's their favorite program or what is what makes your camp special because you're able to learn all of those um, different aspects. You might want to ask a specific question about marketing or site management or whatnot um, and to bring that back to camp as opposed to focusing on what I had to say. So um, I think that building up to finding a mentor um, is is challenging, but it's it's fun. You know, you can build that list, and you need to make sure after conferences that you take all the business cards that you collected and send follow up emails and thank yous and and um, make sure that you maintain those contacts. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Dan, now that you've been in this role for a while, are you finding people are coming to you as a mentor? Uh, I'm sorry, Joe spoke over you for a few seconds. <laughs> oh, Jan, are, are you finding people come to you as a mentor? Um, yeah, you know, I, um, I, I, yeah, I definitely have that relationship with a few people, you know, and, and I've gotten random emails from people that found me on LinkedIn or, um, and I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, to, to talk with them as well too. Um, you know, for the people that I, I really feel like I have that mentor mentee relationship with, um, uh, I really do my best, um, to supervise my staff in, in a way that's developing them and making sure they feel like they're, they're getting the most out of it. Uh, I don't know if you saw, there was an article in the wall street journal, uh, last week on, uh, the owner of the container store. And yeah. the, the headline was about how much he pays his, his frontline staff. But really the, the intriguing thing about the article was, um, his supervision system where they, they basically, I think it's every month, uh, uh it, it, or at least every quarter, every employee gets, um, uh, roughly, uh, 12 hours of development time with their supervisor. And if you think about the amount of time they're investing in it and how much yeah. that probably translates to their business, um, even though it's retail, you know, um, we, we are in a business industry where we're serving people. Um, you know, and I really believe in that. So I try to do that for my employees. Um, and then, um, I have a, a quite a few that have worked here cause we're a year round, a year round place. And so people have moved on and, um, I keep that relationship with, um, I've definitely, I literally, when my camp staff are leaving during the summer, after summer, I offer out to them to, if they ever needed someone to look over their resume, I'm more than happy to it. Um, you know, I'm kind of shocked sometimes when I read on resumes, when I see from people, um, you know, I think that's one of the, the best things that we can do is, is kind of pay it forward, um, and put it ourselves out there. And it also just kind of reinvest in our camp staff and, um, when we do go to tool of the week, I'll, I'm sharing one that I, I share with my camp staff that, um, when they kind of need mentoring in their, in their, um, not work life. No, but, um, yeah, I think it's important to offer it out. I think it's the, I think it's the, one of the pillars of our industry as well too, is that we're constantly preparing people to be better leaders. You know, if you think about raising your, your campers to become your staff and raising your staff to become better leaders, um, it's a really powerful thing. And I don't, I don't think a lot of industries have that. Right. right. Joe, you were going to say something. I was going to say that Ange brought up a great point about the network, right? And so I find that at educational events, it's a lot more about um, the time in between sessions. Um, <clears throat> trust me, there are some great sessions out there, but <laughs> also the further you get into your career, the more that you think to yourself, okay, well, I, I wonder what the one good point I'll get out of this session is, or did I just waste you know, an hour of my time in this session? And 
And the, the times at conferences where I've always felt um, the, I've gotten the most information is those little side conversations with people. Um, and, and it's the creating the network after people, you know, after you leave, right? So um, having attended a wide variety of things and, and from outside of camping, you start to build this network of people who aren't just camp people but are professionals in other ways that can help your, your facility and what you do. And I think that we can't, we shouldn't gloss over at all how important it's not just about where you go to get your education, but it's about who you who you meet while you're there. And and Dan, as Dan said, you know, connecting up with and making those connections with speakers, but it's also making connections with new people. So I find it difficult when you go to the same place you've always gone, and you see the same people. And I can't imagine that it's um, I. I it's it's funny. Over the past couple of years, I've taken my summer camp director, who's now full time, Jessica, to these conferences, and for her, a lot of times it's her first time there, and so she right. comes back and she talks about how amazing the sessions were and whatnot. And and I've even sat in on some of the same sessions that she's in, but we didn't know we were in the same room, and so we have very different conversations as we leave. Because I saw something and she sees something with fresh eyes, and and um, it's it's great to to remember that conferences aren't there so much um, for the longtime professional as to as to ensure that we continually bring up people to in the camping industry that will that will learn new things and and um, and go from there. So I guess my my end point there is that it's just a it's the network of people and the more things I've gone to, the more that network has expanded and, and I, I still communicate with those people. Right. Joe, um, one of the, the best things about the Northeast Y camp conference is not, um, is, is not what people think it's actually, uh, it's on, it's on our camp. So people don't leave because uh, we're literally in the middle of nowhere and we actually just bring in all the entertainment and anything they'd want that evening um, that would make them want to leave the conference, black like words alcohol. Um, we bring it into um, into the conference, uh, and and the amount of sharing that happens those evenings, uh, I can't tell you. It's been uh, twenty times better than um, than some of the other conferences I go to. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, I love I love camp conferences that are all secluded in one place. Um, I mean, it's fun. I'm looking forward to going to New Orleans and getting to see the city, but I'm, but it's so fun to be sort of secluded and, and having seen the magic of the Northeast Y conference and also known, um, even our local conference, the Ontario Camp Association conference has been one, one time in a city and another time at a more secluded resort. And, uh, I've always loved the fellowship much better. The times when we're away together, doing stuff together. Um, I want to pick up on on what Dan said. Dan gave us a couple of good ideas uh, for podcasts. And since we are um, podcast professionals and obviously interested in the medium, uh, I wanted to ask Angie and and Joe if there's any other podcasts that you recommend that people could pick up and and listen to 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 gain a a better sense of professionalism in camping. Angie, there ones that you listen to that you like. Um, I, this is a new area for me. I, I haven't found, um, a whole lot besides camp hacker that are directly related, but I do listen to how stuff works Yes, just for fun. Um, and it, it's actually been useful a couple of times, um, oddly with like site management or, 
um, <laughs> or even marketing. That's uh, perfect. That one's, that one's a fun one that I like a lot. Yeah. Cool. And you, Joe? Well, that's interesting. I'm looking at my Stitcher playlist right now, and I think to myself, okay, well, you know, I, I'm, I listen to a lot of story podcasts. Um, so, you know, This American Life, and there's a, they have a new one called Serial. But I also listen to Freakonomics, which is a great sort of podcast to, to realize how things work and, and the way things economically work. The, the NPR, the TED Radio Hour podcast, mm-hmm. um, is a good one to listen to as well because if you can't watch the video – so living in the middle of nowhere where you have really sucky internet like we do, um, <laughs> I don't go to YouTube to watch stuff. Um, I listen to this great podcast called 99% Invisible, which oh. is all about architecture. Yes, and design. Uh, and it is amazing. Architecture and design. And, and it makes me um, – it just brings other thoughts into, into my head. Um, you know, I have uh, – I listen to sports podcasts. Um, Pop Culture Happy Hour, which is another NPR podcast, um, to say up on technology stuff, and I, I listen to Spark from CBC, which is uh, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. For those who don't know, it's a Spark is a a radio show about um, technology, I suppose, um, and it's it's always good to listen to as well. So, um, and then I've tried. I have a new folder that's just called Eight Shows, and and they're shows that. Um, um, we're all recommended in one spot from somewhere, and I haven't gotten into any of them, so I'm not going to recommend any of them at this point in time. But I, you can ask me later about those. <laughs> cool, well, those are great ones. I was looking in my folders, and I, I just switched phones, and I um, have been trying to only move podcasts over when I feel like I need them because I had my old phone when when it died. I had 400 podcasts saved on it. Uh, that I hadn't listened to yet, um, <clears throat> just because there's so many different shows, and it's a medium that I absolutely love. I love audio um, because I split my time between audiobooks and podcasts all the time, so I go back and forth depending on what my mood is and what I when I need to get out of it. So a couple that I really love, 99% Invisible is is a is a great one, and there's another one that's like that that is just cool little stories. I don't know if it makes me a better camp professional, but it's good entertainment. Um, frees my head a little bit. It's called the memory palace. Um, and it's super, super short. Some of them are two minutes long and some of them are 20 minutes long. Um, but they're just about sort of a moment in history. It's kind of fun. Um, and it really personalizes it looking through these ones that I think have had the most impact on my life as a professional. Um, I listen to a lot of marketing podcasts and a lot of photography, photography podcasts, but I would say ones that have been, um, huge impact for me in the business. Um, one is called smart passive income by a guy named Pat Flynn. Um, and he has a totally different take on business than I do, but he's really smart about it. And he, and he's really open and, and his personality carries through and I really like it. The other one that I've listened to, a lot lately is um, the Tim Ferriss show. Tim Ferriss, who's famous for the four hour work week now has an interview podcast and he interviews really fascinating people. Like his really whole goal is find somebody terribly interesting and interview them. So just got lots of really cool, cool stuff out of them. And I would say the last one that I would totally recommend um, is called under the influence. And it is a show about advertising and marketing also from the CBC. Um, 
that is 20 minute shows that are nice and short, but they teach you so much. I, I'm just stunned by the great stuff they give away. And they always analyze commercials and advertising campaigns and just taught me so much about what I you know, have reflected on to clients, um, into my client work on advertising marketing. So those are definitely ones I would recommend. Um, I want to wrap this up with one final question for for each of you. Uh, and Dan, I want to start with you. What do you think is missing for you? What's the piece that that you want to be there that you haven't found, or that you um, that you really would love to find in some way for developing you as a camp professional? Sure. Yeah, I think um, I'm trying to think of what I feel is missing. You know, I I think education. Um, has uh, has these benchmarks to go by these industry benchmarks, and I think the camping industry's benchmarks are very um, subjective and a little all over the place. And so I miss, I'm you know it would be great if there was, uh, and you know you could say the ACA standards are, are for this for your camp, but it'd be great for a camp director to have something um, to kind of go off of uh, a, a master list of skills you should be working on with your career. Um, I think that would be really beneficial. I, you, you know, a lot of the consultants um, that are in our industry are experts on one thing mm-hmm. um, or a few things. Not, um, they're dimensional. They definitely see all of camp, but they're, they're really, um, they have their aspect, which is great. Um, that's, you know, you don't want, you, there is no expert on everything. Um, but it would be great if there was just one compiled list of this is what you should be expert on or what you should be well-rounded on. Um, yeah. I feel like I have gotten that through mentors um, and conversations, but there isn't like a definitive list that um, is shared with our industry, for lack right. of better words. Right. You know? I think that's what's what I've noticed is missing from my own development. You know, I yeah, I kind of look at the the next jobs up and and what skills do they have, and or I look at their. Um, their job postings and look at, okay, if I was applied to this, how many, how many of these kind of tick off that I actually have done, you know, that sort of thing. All right. Cool. That's awesome. Sounds like a good future blog post for Dan loves camp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely. Yeah. I just get my kid to sleep. I, I can write it. <laughs> so. Find time to write <laughs> sometime when she's in high school. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Angie for you, what's, what's missing? Um, oh, I'd say um, one that I've been working on is, is trying to do some sort of mastermind group for girl educators, not necessarily just summer camp, but um, um, educators that are working with girls and young girls to empower them and increase their confidence. I, I think that girl education is shifting and um, to kind of find um, that resource and um, which my tool of the week is related to, but I think the other one would that is an immediate need for me is um, related to what Dan was saying is um, an easy place to learn um, basic things about site management. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, easier than you know the workshops at places like Home Depot and whatnot. But on um, how to do some basic repairs. I, I certainly know some things, but then there's other things that I end up having to call and outsource that I'd prefer not to. Um, so some sort of easy, um, accessible, you know, this is how basic plumbing works yep. to this is how to 
how to install, um, you know, some sort of shelving or whatnot. Right. Um, yeah, that, that would definitely be very helpful. Awesome. Right on. That's cool. And Joe, what's missing for you? I think the the thing that's missing for me, and after listening to Dan and Angie talk, uh, the thing is a peer group support specifically thinking about what the future of camp is. Mm. I know we talk about it. This is something I think about all the time. I've I've tried to go to locally to uh, an executive director's peer learning circle a couple of times in London and in and and what I find is that a lot of people are st- and this has nothing to do with camp the mm. peer learning circle I'm the only camp person there but it's executive directors from other nonprofits so you would think that that's a great place to learn and talk about what to do and and it just becomes a, a huge uh, complaint session it just right. and 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 <laughs> I don't want to spend my time talking about what is wrong I want to spend my time you know, let's fix that and move ahead. How do right. we, what is the future of camping? And so the things that, that Ange mentioned, you know, like basic repairs and whatnot, I often think to myself, do I, do we need to do too much? And, you know, do we feel like we need to do too much? I want to, as Dan said, that comprehensive list would be awesome, but it also comes to the fact that we want to, how do we move our minds forward and think about what the future is if we're always stuck on doing the day-to-day tasks. And so that's really what I'm missing is sort of the, the, what, what the future of camp is and, and um, sort of a futurist view of what camp can be, which sounds like a great podcast to me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a good podcast series, Joe. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I could. And, and I've often joked with you, Travis, about just sitting down in front of a microphone and, and talking for five to ten minutes by myself and then yeah. uh, putting it out to the world and, and seeing what, what people think. Um, because I think when ideas and this is so what I'm missing is those ideas. And that's where in those quiet conversations you have with people when you are um, when you're at conferences and you're 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 having a beer or you're drinking or you're or you're just sitting around chatting on a bench outside. I think those quiet conversations about what the, where the industry is and where the industry goes is what we need to have more of. But they can't be quiet conversations. They need to be shouted from the mountaintop so that people people hear and think about it and aren't afraid um, and coward that the world's going to change and camp's going to be left behind. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that that is a, a great spot to leave off. Uh, with a bit of a call to action for people looking to talk about the future of camp. Um, certainly hope that if you have ideas like that, that you'll share with them here, um, share with them with us, it's so that we can make it part of our ongoing conversations. Um, you've already had two big, big shows, I think, this year talking about the future of camp and, and, and how we... Um, how we can impact that but i uh, would love to hear your ideas so if you have any ideas feel free to send them to travis at camphacker.tv um on twitter at camphacker uh and um, i also follow the camp pros hashtag on on twitter so would love to see any of that um any ideas for discussions of the big future 
Which also is is another good point. Like, like and she first came on the show because she's put her hand up and said, I, I'd love to be a part of this particular discussion. And um, I'm so glad that we can get her back on. But we love having um, people be a part of the panel um, and be, you know, new speakers on this topic. So if you're looking to, um, to be involved in the discussion of what summer camp means in the future and how we can make it better, then please also use those contact points to get in touch with me to... Um, to volunteer to be one of the panelists we'd love it so i thank you all all three of you for your great input into this discussion and given lots of people ideas of where they can go to develop themselves as a summer camp professional and that means that we are now ready for our tool of the week tool of the week For those of you just joining us for the first time, maybe you saw this on Twitter and, and or someone shared the episode with you, our, our tool of the week is something that each one of us brings to the table to make ourselves um, a better camp director. And I had an awesome discussion with a bunch of Presbyterian camp directors, um, a couple who have been a co-host before, um, and they say that... Um, that they how much they really appreciate the tool of the week so uh really excited for this part of the show it's i know it's one of my favorites although it's like picking a child um i love the discussions and where they go but i love this little section of short quick things that make you a better camp director so dan i want to start with you please can you tell us what your tool of the week is sure yeah so um as i mentioned during the show um this is a book that I give to a lot of my summer camp staff that recently graduated college uh it's um or have just got landed on their first time, their job. Um, it's the titles I'll Teach You to Be Rich uh, by Remit Sethi. And um, it has a flashy title and a flashy cover as well, too. But um, really what it is, it's, it's uh, teaching you over six, six uh, steps to eliminate your debt, to start saving, um, and to um, to really just set yourself up for success in the future. It's not a, it's not a quick get rich scheme or anything of that matter. And, and the reason I give it to people is because I, I, I tell people if they're choosing to be in education or to work with children or to be in this industry, they're never going to make an incredible amount of money. Um, and that the best thing that they could do is to really understand how to set themselves up to succeed in the long term and to, um, you know, how to start a retirement and what to look for with a retirement and how to understand the difference between them. Um, and really, um, not stress about the fact that the income is not in, uh, insane, you know. And uh, you know, a lot of people will criticize people for taking their first career step in camping because you know, when are you gonna get a real job or um, you know, the whole living uh, living for two over ten months, you know, that sort of thing. But um, but I think this is a very easy way to kind of wrap your head around it. Um, it's obviously not replacing a financial advisor or anything of that matter, but, uh, for people that are just graduating college, I think it's, uh, it's a book I've given to probably, um, say over a dozen people and I have not heard anyone criticize it at all and said they, they said they felt like it finally kind of made sense. Um, and it's definitely read, written in a way that is very friendly to read, which I think makes a difference. So, yeah. Right on. Thanks, Dan. Joe, what's your tool? My tool of the week is something I'm using right now. It's this uh, Blue Mic microphone. <laughs> uh, Blue mics are the uh, 
the microphones that I've used for this podcast, I think, since we started. So I own two. I own the Blue Mic Snowball and I own the Blue Mic Yeti, which are both widely available. And essentially, they're USB plug-in microphones. Um, you can record music on them. You can do podcasts. You can do group discussions. I know that Travis uses them as well. Um, and they have a wide range. The the Snowball actually works with the uh, with an iPad. If you're doing stuff on that, there's a, a few things you need to go through. But blue the the link in the show notes is actually to their um, to their whole series of microphones. They've um, they've had stuff. I know that Dan talked years ago is where I've Dan talked about uh, blue mics when it was a plug-in for the top of an iPhone. And, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. They discount. Yeah, they discontinued that one, but the whole line has gone, um, has really blown up, and it's a, it's a great sort of tool that you can use when you're if you're talking on Skype or if you're talking anywhere. Nice, good one, Joe. Thanks. Inchi, you referenced your tool of the week a couple times in the show too. What what is it? Yes, um, so my tool of the week is a more traditional professional development training. I went in this past April to um, an organization called the Girls Leadership Institute, and they run a professional training called Girl Meets World, and it is a training, and um, they give you a copy of the curriculum on social and emotional learning for girls 6th through 12th grades. And um, it's a fantastic youth development tool. I just use so many of the, the lessons that they have pre-written out um, in our new leadership program here at Lantern Creek. And um, it's a really great resource as well. They have a, the Girls Leadership Institute has a blog that I read regularly. And um, their co-founder, Rachel Simmons, is a pretty well-known author that um, in girl education she's written. Um, the Curse of the Good Girl and Odd Girl Out, which are both very good books to read um, in regards to how to handle girl aggression or girl and girl conflict and how to um, teach girls how to express emotions health in a healthy way. Yep. And so that's a it's a great organization. I really, really enjoy them. And their training was intimate and I made a lot of contacts outside of the summer camp industry. That's fantastic. What a great share, Angie. Thank you. <laughs> after that, um, after Angie was so thoughtful about hers, mine's going to seem a little dumb, but um, mine is, um, is well, really, it's about personal health. Um, I know that Joe's a big fan of standing desks, and, and I tend to switch back and forth between sw- sitting and standing all day long um, because it's not unusual for me to have 14-hour days at a desk, um, which I know is probably the same for a lot of camp directors. Um, so I have this um, easy-adjust monitor arm that I got. It's built by 3M, and I'll link to it in the show notes so you can you'd see how to get it from Amazon. It's the first one I've seen that has it's such a huge range um, from that I can attach it to my desk and my monitor can be here, which I'm using. You see me refer to it often in the shows, um, but it also then can adjust way up high for me when I'm standing and working. So I just um, I built a little stand to put my keyboard and mouse on, and then stand and work there for an hour or two at a time. And it's great to have something that is two solutions. In a previous iteration of the show and of my desk, um, I had a whole standing area and I would actually have to physically pick my monitor up and put it up on top of um, up on top of the section of the desk that was built up high. But this I can just 
zoom it up and down. So it's not that expensive. Um, I think it's 150, 160 bucks. And for the amount of times I use it in a day, it was totally great money for me. So if you want uh, a chance to cut down on your risk of deep vein thrombosis um, and also just improve your overall back health, um, then I totally recommend that you pick up something or a way to stand or go between standing and sitting. And this has worked really well for me. So there you go. There's our show. Thank you very much, everybody, for your contributions. I really appreciate everyone who's been listening. Before I say goodbye to our hosts and get them to um, get them to tell you how to get in touch with them, if if you're looking for someone to reach out to to answer some questions, uh, what I want to do is just call your attention to a couple of different things. Number one, um, if this show has been helpful to you, that and you would. It would really appreciate it if you would show share the show with others and let other people know uh, how to get in touch with us or to find the show. And one of the best ways to do that is to go to camphacker.tv slash iTunes and leave a, a rating and review there. It's incredibly helpful. I know it's a bit time consuming, but you could do it in less than 10 minutes and would be helpful for us to get get seen by more camp professionals in the industry. So again, that's at camphacker.tv slash iTunes. Also want to say that um, I hope you check out the other shows on the network. Some of the things we've talked about today are touched on by other shows in our network, including the Because of Summer Camp podcast, which has been created by two young camp professionals um, who are helping to camps to illustrate to families the benefits to their kids of coming to camp. And it's interviews with people who've worked at camp most of whom have gone on to do other things and um, talking about one aspect of the lessons that they learned from camp. And it's really, we're putting it out there so that the camps can use it to share with parents. Here are the benefits of, of summer camp. So check out because of summer camp uh, and camp code is our other show as well. So please check that out. It's focuses on staff training and um, I think is an, an, a pretty amazing resource for people who are focusing on getting their staff to be better staff members. And my final part before we say goodbye um, is to encourage everybody to go to thinkcamp.ca. Joe has mentioned this conference. We talked about it on the past few shows. It's an awesome in-person hands-on camp conference and different than anything else. It really is all of the hallway conversations because um, it's the conference focuses around the hallway conversations, the good parts of it, because it's people standing up and say, Hey, I need help with this, or Hey, I have this idea that we tried and to explain it to you. And uh, so it's really the best of the social aspect of the camp conference, plus the professional development. So go to thinkcamp.ca and check that out. Joe, what are the dates for think camp? Dates are, um, the evening of November 11th to yes. uh, noon on uh, November 13th. Fantastic. So please go do that. Uh, I'm looking forward to being there. I'm going to be there the first day um, and really looking forward to meeting camp professionals and seeing everybody. It's really just a couple of hours drive from Michigan and a couple of hours drive from New York State as well. And uh, you get a lot of awesome stuff out of it because there'll be lots of Ontario camp pros there. So we're looking forward to that. So let me again thank the three of you for being on the show and all of you for listening. Joe, if people want to follow up with you on anything, how do they get in touch with you? The best way to get in touch with me is just to go to um, is just to to go to yoyojoe.com. Uh, everything I do there from uh, Facebook and Twitter and whatnot, and then anything about Pierce Williams, you can go to campisbetter.com. Life is good, camp is better. Fantastic. Thanks, Joe, for being on. 
Not a problem. And Angie, how can people find you or connect with you? Uh, you can connect with me. Best way would be email. Um, Angie, that's A-N-G-E, no I, at camplanterncreek.com. Um, you can check out Camp Lantern Creek at um, our website. And then my Twitter handle is popsy 87 Fantastic. Angie, it's so great to have you back on. Thanks. Thank you for having me back on. It was fun. Great. We'll look forward to having it on again soon. Dan, how can people get in touch with you? Yep. Um, so I, I tweet at Dan Loves Camp, and I also blog at danlovescamp.com as well, too. And then um, you can find me at Frost Valley YMCA, which is frostvalley.org. Fantastic. So if there have been stuff like the um, the tool of the week or some of the other parts of our discussion you want to check out and get more information, please go to our show notes at camphacker.tv slash podcast. Thanks for the evening, friends. The Camp Hacker Podcast is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.